0: What is going on guys and welcome back to another episode of the keel pro dynasty show we are back with rookie rankings and this time we are tackling the running backs with me today I've got Dan who if you remember was on our rookie running back episode last year um, and is back from ours so how are we doing Dan.
1: Oh we're doing pretty good excited that it's draft week and we actually get to see some landing spots for these guys
0: yeah it'll be it'll be a big factor in where they get these guys get ranked probably after the fact for our dynasty rankings but it's always good to get these takes out of the way early uh, sort of plant our flags on guys but uh, new this year we've got Owen also on the running back episode obviously he's hopped on here before for other talk draft stuff he does all the defensive stuff on the dynasty index and the offensive linemen but he gets in on the running backs this time so uh how we doing Owen
2: good I finally get to talk about some guys who go out there and show some flash other than like maybe edge rushers that get like the big talks but normally running backs wide receivers is all in your court so I get to come on here and uh, I definitely I definitely bring a different uh different opinions today apparently
0: (laughs) yeah we got consensus rankings again where I averaged out all of our player rankings and gave us a top 10 um, Owen has a couple guys a little higher than most people I've seen, but that's always good. Sparmer gives us people to look at, uh, but without further ado, let's hop right into it. So, like I said, I averaged out all, all of our ranks, um, and at number one, we didn't really have a consensus. Number one, um, this guy ranked the best out of us three average, but I was the only one who had him as the number one running back. And that's Brees Hall out of Iowa state. Now he's been pretty much talked about as locked and loaded, like one Oh one in dynasty rookie drafts. Um, super flex Malik Willis is in the conversation and, you know, some of the receivers, but Brees Hall has been the guy and it's interesting, you know, maybe pre combine, how high some people might've been on this guy. It really took off once the combine hit. I mean, just tested off the charts, sub four, uh, four, 40 time Looked really good in all the drills Um, He comes in at 5'11", 215, so he's got really good size, Um, had a crazy streak of touchdowns and games, if I remember. I mean, it was like around like 20 or 30, Uh, just just a consistent producer his entire collegiate career. He's a really good receiver, Um, and I think his defining trait for me would be his vision and patience. You just in this class, you don't see that kind of uh, uh, worry. He's he's willing to wait for holes and, and make those moves upfield, able to get skinny in between defenders. And he's not afraid of contact. I mean, he's got good size, but he, he moves fluidly for his size. So you put that together with, he's got strong hands, he's reliable as a receiver. He tests off the charts and now he's expected to go probably, you know, possibly it's for sure round two, possibly late one, there's been some chatter. so. Uh, For me, this guy is pretty much the locked and loaded RB1. He checks all the boxes that you want in your top running back. Uh, I'm the only one with him as the number one, but you guys both have him at number two. So, Dan, I'll I'll let you follow up next with Brees Hall.
1: Yeah, and I just want to make clear, like, I think Brees Hall is an outstanding player. This isn't just like, he's not my number one back, so I don't like him kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I I see all of the same things as you. Um, Yeah. Ironically enough, I was actually higher on him pre-combine. It's not that the combine um, moved him down for me. Uh, It actually, the combine actually moved somebody, another couple players uh, up a little bit for me. And I just felt like I, while he had that explosive athleticism on the combine, and you see some of that on tape, I don't feel like you quite saw him play to those measurables. And like, while I never thought it was a good comp, like you saw people comparing him to. You know, another Iowa State running back, David Montgomery, early on, um, and then you saw him getting the you see him getting comparisons to JT now. I just feel like that on field athleticism is a little bit more in between those two than it is uh, getting to that JT levels. Um, to me, he's probably the safest back in the class. He's the most well rounded back in the class. Um, if you're looking for someone who's on the field all three downs, getting 70, 80 percent of the snaps, like I think he's still your guy.
2: All right. Odd. Yeah. So I never had any questions with his athleticism, which is why I didn't think the combine really. It, it, like I, I understood going into the combine. like, Okay, he's going to test like insane. Like I knew calling in. Like yes, that's what we're expecting. His expectations, just based off what we saw on film, was higher. Uh. So I that stuff, and I never really had questions for what I questioned in his game because like like uh Dan said, I'm not. I don't hate Brees Hall. Um, he's my second overall back. He's a I have them all I have all of them round two. I know round one backs. If you took any of these guys as back number one, I'd be fine of the top three. But I think that with the the question I had with Brees Hall was you guys have brought up his receiving, which he does show um some good receiving chops on film. It's just I wish they would use them a little bit more extensively, especially like split out wide and there were a handful of drops uh, on his film that I like they're not I'm not going to kill him over I'm just saying like those weren't the they weren't they weren't great drops as I, as uh, compared to others where like you're getting whacked by a guy uh, but the biggest issue I had with him was yeah he is he's 6 215 220 he played around there at the uh during his season and I just don't see that, like, if you have a back who's 6'1", 2'20", you expect him to be, like, an every-down kind of guy who can really grind out, grind out like, those, you know, one- to-two-yard plays. And I never really saw him as a guy who, like, seeked out physicality, You seeked out who would be the guy you're, like, if you went into one of those situations and short down fourth and one, you want him to be the guy to just power it in there and get an extra yard. So I don't know if he has all the athleticism, and I don't doubt he can't add that dimension to his game. He just needs to really commit to it mentally. But for right now, I think if you brought him in, you'd have to also have a power back on your roster just to be able to balance out in case he just doesn't step up against this higher competition with uh, the physicality demands.
0: Yeah, I guess he wasn't really dominant as like, like, yeah, I saw quite a few plays where it'd be like third and short and he wouldn't be able to like to just push it through. Sometimes he'd be too hesitant, like his patience is really nice, but sometimes he just needs to hit the hole. And that would be an issue. And also, I guess I didn't really touch on any of his negatives, but, you know, he's an all right route runner. Like, he's not anything special. Um, yeah. And I also agree that his testing numbers, they don't show up quite on the field. Like, I don't see, I didn't really see much of him as like a 4-3 speed guy. I mean, he had some pretty big plays, but you don't really see him just taking off like a Jonathan Taylor he might be compared to, which I think is... A way too rich of a comp for him. I mean, I really like Brees Hall. Like I said, I think he's a he's a top prospect, but there are there are some flaws in his game that kind of hold him back from being like a, a locked and loaded, like in my opinion, like a Najee Harris from last year.
2: Okay, uh, that kind of ties in. I was going to ask you real quick, Caleb. Compared to last year's class, since he's your running back one, where would he rank among the Najee, Travis, and uh, Javante Williams ranks?
0: That is actually a great question. I look. I have my ranks pulled up from last year and he would rank um, tied with Javante. Um, and honestly, I had to pick, I, I think he'd rank slightly behind Javante. They have the same grade, but I had Najee, Etienne, Javante last year. And I guess Brees Hall is right at the bottom of that tier for me. So, I mean, to be in that sort of group of players, at least in my opinion, that's a really good spot to be. And he's in this class for me, the only guy who's up to possibly that caliber but he would probably be RB four in last year's class. That's that's just for me though.
1: Yeah, I would have had him right at RB three. One thing that I did want to note, you just brought you brought up the idea. You like his patience, but then you see some of that kind of uh, almost become sometimes a negative in those short yardage situations. That was kind of one of my biggest concerns with Brees is that patience is awesome, but there's a lot of times where you want to see him be more decisive and just pick up the yards that are there. I feel like that's some. I do feel like that's a skill skill that can be acquired. Yeah. Um, but I do want to see him grow in that respect.
0: Sure. All right. Well, let's hop into our second overall running back here. Um, another one where are we? We all have him in our top three, but in various spots. Danham has him as his number one running back, though, and that is Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. Comes in at five nine two ten ran a really good 40 time, low four fours, obviously a breakout year for him. He was at Wake Forest, transferred to Michigan State and had a Heisman caliber season, really was uh, one of the bright spots at, at the running back position this year. And I'm sort of thinking, you know, if Kenneth Walker doesn't break out this year, this running back class is really hurting. But luckily we had him break out this year and now we've got him as our overall running back too. And Dan, your number one running back. So what do you like so much about Kenneth Walker?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's Kenneth Walker is not as complete a running back as Brees Hall. Well, what Kenneth Walker is, is easily the best pure runner in this class, in my opinion. Um, it, it, we just mentioned the, the, some of the patience things uh, with Brees Hall, sometimes biting him in the butt. You don't see that with Kenneth Walker. Um, he's not a lot of nonsense. He's going to see that gap in the field. He's going to see that daylight. He's going to hit that hole, and he's going to take it 98 yards. Um I, I think he's got great contact balance. I think he just bursts through the hole, an explosive player people, you know, get it, all impressed with Brees's uh 40 time. Kenneth Walker's right there. And I honestly, I see, I see a little bit of more of that, that on-field athleticism, in my opinion, from a burst perspective uh, and a long speed perspective out of Kenneth Walker. Um, I just love the way the man runs the ball. Like he's not going to be, you know, you're, you're, necessarily your three down running back who's catching who's catching you know 60 balls in a season but like put him in like that nick chubb role and i think he's going to do similar things he's going to be super efficient carrying the ball he's going to give you explosive plays he's going to break tackles i just love what i see out of him running the ball
2: all right owen yeah, pure runner is the best descriptive or description for him I've uh, I've heard in this entire draft season. I know everyone's been calling him like, oh, best pure runner, best pure runner, but they always find a little chinks in it. But yeah, people kind of overlook that he is just phenomenal as a running back pure through and through. Like He hits the ball. He's built. The way his, he's built is just perfect for the modern NFL. He's got a thick lower half. He's got that burst despite being 2'10". He can burst down the field and uh, beat out DBs on angles. He had, brings power. He brings a little bit of a, a looseness. He's good at getting lateral uh, in the open field to try to uh, make tackles miss and reverse field and things like that. I, I think he does He, he better than uh, Brees Hall is he hits the hole better. I think Brees Hall is a slightly better athlete overall. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, the only concerns I really have with Kenneth outside of it, like because he's great as a, great as a runner, uh, is his third down abilities, as Dan was touching on, is that – Yeah, he's not going to be that guy who is going to go out there and catch 60 balls a year. But he's also not a guy who's going to be able to come in and be your pass protector on third down either. Because, like, usually when you see with, like, guys who are bigger backs who aren't usually typically good at receiving, they'll still be able to come in and be that kind of let's pick up kind of guy in pass protection. But throughout Michigan State season, I just was very disappointed with how he stood up with uh, pass protection. So I don't think he has much – Third down capabilities, unless he improves his receiving ability or can improve that pass blocking ability. But other than that, which is like a very small, minute uh, section of a running back's game, as a pure runner, he's top three easy.
0: Yeah, I Kenneth Walker, I'm with both of you. Uh, like as a pure runner, is one of the best, and it sparks an interesting conversation. I like to tell you, sort of like not quite as a player, but like Nick Chubb, like he was sort of limited, but he was just an elite runner. And that's what Kenneth Walker is. He might, it, he's sort of limited in that role though, which is why I have Brees Hall higher. But the things I love about Kenneth Walker is that breakaway speed, that burst is elite. He bounce, He's able to bounce runs outsides. He has a, a stutter step in the backfield where he can evade defenders. Uh, he's sort of just, he's kind of an unpredictable runner. Like it's hard to get a read, like Kenneth Walker just does what he wants as a runner. He can, he'll, he can stiff arm you, he can juke you. That's just what he is. And, you know, if you if you take that part where he's an elite, just a runner, then you have to try and balance it with, you know, struggling in pass protection a little bit Um, as a receiver. Obviously, I mean, it can be overblown sometimes. I mean, we can look at a guy like A.J. Dillon, who had basically no pass game work and now is like a really good receiver for the Packers. Um, It's just tough to really evaluate it because he just wasn't given many opportunities. I mean, he can catch the ball. But I don't know if I feel confident in him doing it. But with time, perhaps that will evolve for him. And if he's a good enough runner, uh, he'll have the opportunity, I think. So, uh, yeah, Kenneth Walker is best pure runner in the class. And if he gets, if he lands somewhere where he can just right away take that first, second down roll and, and prove himself, I think he could maybe evolve into a three down guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think absolutely. I I, I like the point of AJ Dylan. Like, you look at Kenneth Walker, and he's got like you know 13 receptions this year, three the year prior, three the year prior. Like, he's just that's almost just part of the off. Got to be part of the offense too. Like, we yeah. just haven't seen it. Like, we've said the same thing about like you said AJ Dillon. We said the, honestly the same thing about Jonathan Taylor. We said the same thing about like a guy like Melvin Gordon when he came out, and it just feels like these guys that don't see opportunities, you know. We kind of let that skew our opinion a little bit. uh, Well, they just can't do it. Well, it doesn't mean they can't do it. It just means they haven't had the opportunities to do it. Exactly. But we'll see.
0: All right. Well, those are our top two running backs, and we got our number three running back up next. And this has been a really just interesting – I mean, it's kind of been a fall for this guy for a while. Uh, But we have someone here who still has him as their RB1. And we've got someone here who has him as an, an RB five and there's, there's differing opinions on him right now. Didn't cast great, but it's Isaiah Spiller, uh, out of Texas A&M. I mean, at the start of the year, he came in as locked and loaded, like, you know, a top, one of these top running backs. And he's still in that conversation, but for some reason it's gone awry. Uh, he comes in at six foot two fifteen, 15 at a really solid year over a thousand yards rushing, uh, 25 receptions. He's a good pass catcher. And, uh, He's still only 20 years old, so he's gonna—he's not even gonna be 21 by the time he's—he's he's drafted. So still a young player, but uh, we'll start with the guy who has him as RB one, and that's Owen.
2: Um, Owen, why is he—why is he your RB one? So yeah, I was on—I've uh, had Isaiah Spiller as RB one since the beginning of the season. I know a lot of people dipped on him, and I kind of stayed stuck through it. Uh, I think between him and the two other guys, since we're gonna compare him to the two guys who came before him, you know, it seems like those guys are gonna be inter- intertwined, you know. Passed into their professional careers that he brings the most like power running aspect to his game we were talking about how Isaiah Spiller is a little too patient behind the line of scrimmage sometimes uh, Kenneth Walker is just so good at hitting the holes that usually he doesn't have a chance to be that dive guy it, it's more of and he likes to he likes to take the ball outside more often uh, Spiller was never a great athlete on film like when you watch it you want uh, you come into it like yes okay he's not going to be your burner score 90 yard touchdown kind of guy but for a guy who can bring that power. He's also very quick on his feet. He's got elusiveness uh, that is very rare in p- p- backs who play with the kind of power and physicality he does play with. Uh, one of the other questions I had for him was coming into the season. Like I know he's caught he caught 29 and 20 passes the years before. But they were more just like in the flats and screens kind of uh, catches where I wanted to see him expand his role as a receiver in this Texas a offense. And then this season, he, he did do that. Like there was a play. I can't remember who he was facing, but they ran him on an out and up wheel route and he was able to track the ball, catch it, extend full extension over his shoulder down the end zone. And he just has – he shows those kind of plays where he shows good hands in the past game, where he shows the ability to be able to track the ball. I think that's going to get just – I think it's going to get even better as he gets worked in an eyeball system with how young he is. He's going to have time to grow with that. Um, the only the only hurdle you have to get over with is that he's never going to be that elite athlete. He has decent vision. He's got quick feet. He brings the physicality. He brings the power. He's young. He's shown he's taking big, bigger steps in the passing game than I think uh, Kenneth Walker has or even up there with Brees Hall. I think he's probably a better receiver than Brees Hall right now. Uh, personally, I know that's probably a, a point of contention as well. So yeah, I just think that he brings the most. He doesn't bring the 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 hit the home runs, but if you need a guy who's gonna get you that first down, who's gonna be able to pick up four to five yards of carry and still be a factor on third downs, I think Isaiah Spiller is your kind of guy.
0: Yeah, so I come in with Isaiah Spiller at running back three. Um, he was my RB1 for a little bit, but slowly over time, Brees Hall, his profile, how he, he tested, and Kenneth Walker with his, you know, just as a peer runner kind of overtook him. But I still really like Isaiah Spiller. I think the slander's been a bit much. Um, he's an interesting back because, you know, he's a bigger back. Well, what is he coming? Yeah, he comes in at six foot two fifteen, but he plays more like a scat back to me. It's kind of weird. I... I don't see him like – I feel like he should run with more authority at times where he would rather make guys miss. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just don't know if he'll be able to make guys miss like that at the next level. But the thing is, like, his footwork is crazy good. He's so quick. He's able to string cuts together to to make guys miss, Um, and he's really good at creating yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, if somebody flies in there, you can just do a quick shift, and he can cut up field and gain yards. He's just like a fluid. He just sort of just bounces around and picks up yards. And I do remember that catch you were talking about on that sort of wheel route. That was against uh, Colorado, I believe. That was a really impressive play. He's got good hands. He's he's you know not the best route runner, but he he's good enough where he'll be able to be involved in the pass game and he can be physical and pass bro. But Yeah, the issue with him is I just, you know, long speed isn't great, but it's not that big of a deal. I mean, Javante Williams ran around the same sort of 40 time he did and didn't really matter. Um, And yeah, I I just think he tries to dance around defenders and rather just picking up easy yards. So um, with that intertwined with the athleticism, like I feel like it lowers the ceiling a little bit. But I think he's still a guy that's just going to churn out yards at the next level and can pick up first downs for you.
1: Yeah, from my perspective with Isaiah Spiller, um, he's in my next tier here. I have him as my RB5, um, but I have kind of him lumped in this next tier after uh, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. And for me, there's a pretty big drop-off after those first two. Uh, those first two I see as guys that are I expect to lead backfields. Uh, this next tier for me, Isaiah Spiller included are guys that I think could lead backfields, but I don't necessarily expect it. Um, I, I kind of get what you're saying, Caleb, with like the. Not that he's not physical, it's that it's almost like he needs to, to me. He needs to be again, once again, more decisive with that physicality. Um, I feel like sometimes the spots that he picks for it are 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 interesting. Um, I think he's a good back. I think once again, I think he is capped by athleticism. I guess I didn't. I I know Owen, you said you saw you like the foot speed, you think he's got quick feet for a guy his size. I guess I don't. I I didn't feel like I saw that as much. Um, I thought I'm not gonna call him a plotter. He's definitely not that. Uh, But I didn't feel like I saw that that quick twitch that that quick foot speed, uh, or the athleticism I'd like to see. um, And I guess like a lead NFL back. All
2: right, I totally get that, especially because would he have he would have times where he'd get caught in the backfield and he would just kind of not know what to do with it. Once the pole got plugged up, when he was kind of he, if he committed to a hole and it got plugged, he would kind of get a little lost, which is where I can see where he would just not be able to. It was, it was kind of be like a playoff where he just, all right, I can't really do much here, and it would be one of those ones where it's they don't look great in hindsight. But for the concern about uh, what Caleb wrote about how he plays kind of like scatback and that stuff, how we're talking about his physicality. In 20, When I was watching his 2020 tape, because I had, he was one of the guys I got to before the season started, he showed a lot better physicality than in 2021. I believe he did suffer an ankle injury, if I remember correctly, either at the end of 2020 or near the beginning of 2021, which may have factored into his idea of wanting to not be, be less physical. But at the same time, it could also be that he's not that mature as a player yet, where he wants to look for the big play, bounce it outside kind of thing. Whereas as he gets older and gets more mature and gets more reps inside an offense, because uh, like you said, he's only, he's, only, he's still going to be 20 when the season starts. Uh, he will be able to grow more mature and be able to attack the holes and just be able to understand, okay, I need to take what the defense is giving me, uh, especially when the defenses get faster, stronger, bigger at the next level. I'm just going to take the yards the way I can get them.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting like- point. Uh, bringing up 2020 quickly where, cause I watched the film on him before that too. And I feel like I saw him like trucking guys and showing really good contact balance and stuff. And I just didn't really see that this season. So I guess I don't know if there was an injury there or if it was like a a change of mindset. But I think I liked him a little better when he had that sort of mindset plus sort of the quickness. Um, We'll see if he gets back to that or not.
1: I like the point that you brought up about maturity as a runner. And that's something that's actually going to come up in uh, with one of my running backs uh, also within this tier. But I think I think that is a good point. He's a young running back, and I think you could see improvements in in some of those areas when it comes to his decisiveness, picking his spots for um, when he's going to try to you know make guys miss versus uh, just pick up the yards that are there.
0: All right, well, that's our top three running backs. They've kind of been the the most talked about guys here. Uh, I know for me, it's a it's a tier break. Uh, Dan has a lower. Uh, Let's get on to running back number four for us here. And this is kind of where all bets are off. There's like just names all over the place for us and for, I feel like, everyone else. So uh, there is a guy here that sort of averaged out pretty handily as our RB4, and that's Rashad White out of Arizona State. So uh, this is a guy, I mean, his calling card is receiving ability. Um, he's a little bit of an older back. He's a, yeah, he's going to be, he's 23. I mean, it's not that bad, but, um, sort of gets talked about with nice athleticism and receiving ability. And Dan, you have him ranked above Isaiah Spiller at running back four. So what are your thoughts on Rashad White?
1: So for me, this is kind of a thing where I think Spiller is more, he's, he's a safer back. He's going to be good. Rashad White for me this ranking is purely based off of what he could be. And he is just to me such a unique back in particular his movement skills. And it just to me it makes him tough to evaluate because he just to me he moves in ways that I don't see other guys' moves. It's like his running style, he's he's super fluid, he's super bendy, yet he has like tight hips. <laughs> and I don't know I don't know how to put those two things together because it doesn't make sense, but that, that's what I see. Um he's not like you said, he's a good so the receiving game's kind of his his calling card here. That's what I think is gonna give him um his value as an early down runner. He leaves a little bit to des- be desired. I don't see a ton uh between the tackles, uh, but when he gets that ball in his hands, um uh you know, outside the hashes, um, or sees some open field, he's very elusive. Um runs with decent power. But it's it's really just those unique movement skills, um, and what he shows as a receiver that has me intrigued and has him up in that RB4 spot.
0: All right, Owen, oh, you've got him at RB6. What are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely a unique player because he brings—he has a, uh, the top—he's got more top-end speed than a guy like Spiller does, and his calling card is definitely as a receiver. He was flexed out wide and played from the slot— and I feel like if he genuinely was more flexible in his hips, he probably could play like a emergency slot receiver for a team. That's how good I, I believe his receiving ability is. Uh, my problem, my, I, I don't have a lot of problems with him. It's like, I love him as a, as a player. Like I said, he's a little bit older, but at the same time, he wasn't given that many touches throughout his career. At Arizona state, he kind of picked up in the last season. And I think that, I think I think that's okay if I'm remembering correctly. It's that line. I'm trying to, to go off memory, but basically, I like him as a more of a. I like he's gonna be the receiving threat, and I think what he does well is even though he's not. Most powerful back, like he's 210, but he's never going to play like a two, like a, like a uh, who Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, and Brees Hall all around the same weight, too, like 215. They definitely play with more pop and more physicality than Rashad White will. Um, so even though he's 210, he doesn't play with that pop, but he can get he gets skinny, he's able to run through between tackles because he can just get through those the tiniest of gases off his lineman given. Uh, I noticed him a lot when I was covering, uh, I didn't, I had not watched him yet, but I was watching Kellen Deesh and Donovan West, who were his ta- left tackle and center respectively. And he, he just kept popping out because so I was like, oh, this is an interior blocking scheme. Let's see how they block it. And there would be the smallest bit of hole, and he, with his long slender flame, frame, would he be able to slip through it and then get some big yardage, even though it looked like there wasn't any room for him to slide through. So I think as a guy, he can play the inter- play the inside zone game. Uh, maybe not like at like the goal line. You're not going to want him like powering through there. He's similar to, like I, f- I feel like, I don't know if an Antonio Gibson comp is too rich. Because Gibson was a converted wide receiver, so he's got that receiving game in him. He's a little bit of a like a thinner back. I wouldn't really call call him a power back, but like I, I feel like Gibson and the, him might be. I I'd have, I'd have to look back at their testing uh, numbers, but I feel like they're comparable athletes on tape anyway.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting comp. Um, I mean, yeah, Rashad White, his thing is receiving. I think my biggest issue with him, I have him at RB five. So I mean, he's still one of my better guys in this class. And he's interesting because he's he's got upside. I just, the lack of physicality with him, I think, really hurts. I mean, he comes in at, I think he's like six foot 215, but he just doesn't play very physical, which I think hurts him. And I don't really trust him as a pass blocker. Um, so, but he's got the upside of a guy who, you know, he ran like a, high, a little higher 4'4, which is honestly a lot faster than I thought. I saw he didn't really look, he had like good bursts, but didn't really show like top end speed. But when you combine like his footwork, his patience and vision, uh, like you said, he's able to get skinny and squeeze through holes that are barely there. And then he's a good pass catcher. So I think you add all that together and he's a player, you know, he might be a tear down, but he's definitely a guy I would take a chance on where he's got if he can put it all together, he's got a ton of upside. I just worry about the physicality and play strength and that that might limit him as like you know like like you sort of said with breeze hall where it's like picking up short first downs or even as a goal back but he's got enough tools where i am very intrigued by rashad white all right that's our running back four on the running back five and we've got an alabama running back brian robinson um comes in at running back number five Dan, you're the highest on him at running back three, actually. So he might be in that top tier for you. He comes in at six foot. Oh, wait. Well, that's not him. Uh, six one. I was like, geez, that, there's no way. Um, he comes in at six one, 226. He's a big back. He's a thumper. And he finally got his chance at Alabama this year after waiting his turn after all those running backs that came through. And he put up pretty solid numbers. 1,300 yards rushing, 35 receptions. He's your RB three, Dad. So what do you like so much about Brian Robinson?
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely not up there in that top tier for me, but he is in that second tier of running backs who I think could lead a backfield. Um, honestly, I, I see him in a pretty similar light to Isaiah Spiller. Um, he's he's definitely an older prospect than Spiller, which I brought up the the maturity thing with his running with Isaiah Spiller earlier, and I just feel like that's what I see. of brian robinson i feel like he knows what he needs to pick up uh the the yards he knows when he needs to try to make a big play he knows he he just he goes forward he he, he's no nonsense player like he's got a bruising style he's he's gonna get what's blocked and he's gonna hit his holes and he's gonna get the yards Mm -hmm. um i think that combined with the fact that he's an excellent pass blocker um and an adequate receiver I just think I could see him honestly picking up a three-down role in the NFL. And while he's he's still not an elite athlete up there with the, your Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, um, I think he's I think he to me on tape anyway I do see a slightly better athlete than I saw with Isaiah Spiller. Um, I see maybe Isaiah Spiller might be a little bit more shifty, but I see a little bit more burst, uh, a little bit more of that instant acceleration out of Brian Robinson um, to pick up. I guess I, I don't want to say like that he's going to be breaking, like, long runs, but to me, he's, like, a chunk yardage runner. Like, he's one of those guys that's going to be picking up, like, seven, eight, nine yards uh, on a lot of carries just because he hits those holes, and he falls forward, runs hard.
0: All right, Owen, you've got him a little farther down at running back eight. What are your uh, thoughts on Brian Robinson?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so for Brian, it was – you said he's an older back for his style. Play, like I usually don't like when they're older backs and especially what they come with power backs, but since he didn't really get that many touches at Alabama until his final season, the wear and tear in his body that normally comes that kind of play style is lessened in the, uh, from the college level specifically, especially because you look at him, he's like, oh, he's a redshirt senior. He's 24, something like that, 24, 25, around there. And 23. He's, like, he's 23? Oh, he's yep. younger than I even thought. Good. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I never really even had the the – negative impact of, oh, he's an older back, because he didn't really get any starting time until uh, his retro senior year. So uh, I I like his style, like he was saying, how he hits the holes fast. Like you notice that when, of course, he's playing behind bam, off, it's a Bama offensive line, which helps, but when he sees a hole, he's definitely going to take advantage of it. He bounces off of defen- uh, defenders trying to tackle him. You have to really either have really good tackling for him and be a bigger kind of linebacker kind of guy, or game tackle him really get him down with a Closer to the line of scrimmage because he's going to be coming off that ball, you know, with his hair on fire, just looking forward, trying to hit that hole as hard as he can, get down and get ready for the next play. He does bring a lot of power. I think he's – the out of the guys we talked about so far, he's definitely got the best power out of all of them uh, as a goal line short yardage situational back. Uh, I wasn't the most impressed with his receiving game. I know he caught 35 passes this past season. So I I can see where there's the upside there. Uh, it's just more – I'd have, I don't. I, I didn't really – Take count of it or take note of it, but I'd have to go back and just see like how many of those were the short little dump off for screen passes. Where, where were those? Were the more of a advanced route running and out split out wide kind of reps? I I don't I can't recall currently. Uh, it might just to be something I have to go back and double check. Cause he as of right now Robinson is my least updated back I've scouted. So out of I just know that the big points is yeah power back. He's got less wear and tear on him, and I think I like his pass blocking. Uh, I feel like from my first impression, I didn't really get his receiving game as much as say Dan, Dan suggested. But like like I said, he has a role and he's going to play it well at the next level. And he's going to be like a high floor, lower ceiling kind of guy. Like we said with Isaiah Spiller with his uh, lack of athleticism, but he's definitely gonna be a guy who's not going to bust out because he's got us. He's always going to be a role for those kind of guys in the NFL.
0: Yeah. With Brian Robinson, I feel like you sort of get, uh, you see what you get, what you see. I mean, he did have, like you said, he had the receiving numbers, but he's not really, you know, a flashes receiver. He's not, from what I saw, like a, a really great route runner. I mean, there's a lot of dump offs and he can make it work. So that's good to know. But like, I'm not going to split him out wide or anything. Um, and he, obviously his calling card, his physicality, always falling forward and fighting for extra yards. And honestly, he's got, he's a little more elusive than I thought it was. Like he's not going to like make guys miss in the open field, but he's at least got enough to him where you know, if someone penetrates in the backfield, he can do a quick little shimmy and get away from him. And, you know, with that, he, I think he's another guy, sort of like Spiller, where he can just churn out yards the next level. I, The upside is capped a little bit with him. I feel like maybe a little more than Isaiah Spiller, but um, you know what you're going to get with him. And if he goes to a spot where he can be that two-down thumper, uh, I think he could have a really nice role in the NFL. So um, I've got him at running back number... Uh, seven so i guess i'm a little lower but you know there's a role for this guy in the nfl you know what you're gonna get
1: i think that's the perfect way to describe him
0: all right well let's hop on to our next running back another one who has been uh like spiller has taken a bit of a nosedive and has been a little talk chatter about him and that's kyron williams running back out of notre dame so um he was definitely a guy I was looking at uh, before the season as one of the more impressive prospects, just with all the tools he had. Uh, And you know, this is one of those where you don't want to factor in, you always say you don't want to like, just rely on the combine and stuff. But like this guy was, he, he really, you really saw him tank his value after running like four, six, he came in really small, but you see what you, there is on tape and there's a lot of things to like. So He's an interesting player. I want to let you lead off with Kyron Williams. He, Williams, he's your running back number seven.
2: Yeah. So first off, I just want to give a shout out to. I don't know if I have the book up here with me, but I sent it to Caleb around on Easter. For Easter, I got a, a a present where it was a a draft scouting book, and they had Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams as running back one. And I just found that <laughs> <Hot> astonishing. <take. laughs> I had I found that astonishing. So I had to I had to share that one, but uh for my personal evaluation karen williams i had him pretty high yeah he took a downfall um a tumble after the well as the season went on coming in from 2020 is when i really had him up high and as 2021 film came coming out uh is when i slowly started falling off and falling off of him uh i definitely with and especially with the hindsight of the combine i think that his athleticism was a little bit over exaggerated with early on um viewings and uh what's it, uh, evaluations of him like when you go back and watch like the Purdue game he's not running like he's he's this 5'9 kind of like sh- smaller back less than 200 pounds where he can he's gonna go out there and you hopefully he can beat guys off the you know down the sideline things like that but like against Purdue he was getting hopped down by linebackers and things like that so that athleticism isn't the best and has especially showed that you come back with the hindsight of the combine uh I don't really prefer like his vision he missed a couple of the bigger holes on his tape I thought he could have made some better cuts there uh, he does have some good contact balance just because he has such a minimal frame. that And he does play with some physicality that, like, if a guy comes in and hits him who doesn't hit him square on, he's going to bounce and roll off of him just because he's a smaller hit uh, target. I don't think he's overly elusive or powerful or anything like that, but I just think that that's where, where he's going to be making, like, he's gonna he might get a lot of broken tackles just because they're not able to get a clean enough hit on him. I, I think where he is going to get a role at the NFL, because I think he will be uh, at least a role player for our team consistently for a long time is his is his uh ability on third down he's a former receiver turned uh, running back uh he so his his receiving game is well well versed at that and notre dame is a very smart uh f- football program they know how to coach their guys up especially if they have the ability to be like a, uh, a third down threat like that and outside of that despite being only 5'9 199, 199 i think he's single-handedly the best pass blocker of all the running backs in his class like He's willing to stick anybody who comes to the hole, no matter what their uh, what speed they're coming at. He plays with a good wide base. He's usually, despite being the smaller guy, will win those reps. Uh, he has good technique and he, he rarely ever makes mistakes in pass pass blocking. So, if you want him as your third down back, whether it's going to be in the passing game, out wide as like a slot, uh, coming off in the backfield, he wind up at like the wing position a couple times, or you just wanted to step in and make sure that your quarterback's clean and it's like a heavy play action system. I think he can work that as well. So. He's not very versatile when it comes to every down, but he's versatile when it comes to being a third down back. Yeah,
0: that the pass blocking and all that—that's what's he's gonna have a role at the next level. Like even with how things went down with all that, I mean, he as a he's a really good receiver and he can block, so there's a role for him at the next level. And like you said, he's got that compact build, so he can bounce off defenders. Um, But yeah it there's just a lot of red flags with him in terms of like with fantasy and what you're going to expect um i I showed uh i talked about my running back model in the dynasty index discord so if you join you can see that but it's sort of you want to meet these thresholds if you want to be a top running back uh for fantasy it kind of predicts that and kyron williams had a historically bad, like he didn't meet any of the thresholds except uh, receptions. He had like the second lowest score I have recorded because he's small and he's slow. Um, so it's not really a good combination to have. Uh, and now his draft capital I know is probably tanking a little bit and it's just tough to f- like, he's going to have a role, but he's never, he's never going to take over a backfield. He's always going to be a one B And I really don't know how that's gonna project to much fantasy success. I think, like you said, he's gonna have an NFL role for quite a while, but the upside is just capped too much for me to be all that interested, to be honest.
1: Aaron Williams for me was just one of the hardest guys to rank here because, you know, you don't normally like to adjust that much for like the combine and those athleticism tests compared to what you see on tape, but you just you can't help but do it with just how how poorly we are seeing him measure. Like, compared to a guy like Brees Brees Hall, you look at, like, those mock draftable charts with, like, the spider web chart thing, and you look at Brees Halls, and the whole thing is filled in. And then you look at Kyron Williams, and it's literally just, like, a point on the page uh, (laughs) because he's so small, so slow, so unathletic. But then you put the film on, and it's like, this guy's good at football. Like... he's 5'9", 199 or whatever. He's small, but I think, honestly, for that size, he runs with decent power. He runs with decent elusiveness. The speed, that sure as hell ain't there. He's not not busting anything. Um, But honestly, I I know we talk about the third-down ability, and I agree with all of that. I'm not going to even reiterate that. But I do think he still even brings something to the table as a first- and second-down runner. Um, Not going to be an elite guy from that respect, but, like, he's just he's just too good of a football player to not find a role for a long time on an NFL team. And I didn't know that I felt that I could say that as strongly about some of the guys that I have after him. So that's kind of why he's in this, in this spot for me.
0: All right. Um, yeah. So a little differing opinions on him, sort of all in the same area, but uh, still uh, interesting to see where he goes in the draft. He's going to find that role. So, on to our next running back, and this is the one that I'm the most uh, the highest on, definitely a little different than you guys here at running back seven. That's Pierre Strong Jr. Out of the South Dakota State. Um, I, did, I like I tweeted this out before, but I didn't know who Pierre Strong was like probably three or four months ago. We did a rookie draft, and I used Pierre Strong as a placeholder for like Deshaun Corbin or something because. Uh, uh Corbin wasn't a- on sleeper and then I found out Pierce Strong's actually a person and it turns out he's a really good player in my opinion um obviously played in an FCS school with uh, South Dakota State but put up the kind of numbers you'd expect or want from a running back at that level 1600 yards 17 touchdowns uh uh seven, or eighteen touchdowns 22 receptions and uh it's interesting how we got this high for me. Uh, the thing I like about him, I mean, he, he tested pretty well. He ran a four, three, seven. So even better speed than I, than I expected. Uh, he's got great bursts. And for me, it's like how fluid of a runner he is. I think he's just so good at weaving through the defense, finding holes and avoiding defenders. And he's got natural hands. He's a really solid receiver, um, quick feet, and he can show patience as a runner as well. So You know, in a running back class where honestly, I'm after the top three, it's hard to find guys that I'm really a big fan of. He just sort of popped off for me. Um, Issues with him, he's not, he doesn't really break many tackles and it can be, um, you know, sometimes he just puts his head down and he'll run into his linemen. That's a problem. Maybe a little undersized and then the lack of competition. But I think there's enough tools with him as a receiver and, as just a pure runner that i'm a big fan of pierre strong and he comes in at my rb4 um but you guys are a little lower dan you got him at rb9 what are your thoughts on pierre strong
1: yeah i think the points you made are fine and i see him in pretty similar ways it's kind of just like a similar evaluation different valuation with him sure um right like i I saw and i can you got him at four and honestly i have Truthfully, no problems with that, just because I think after, for me, the, even the top two, um, I think it's kind of just like, pick what you want, because um, I I think he brings that athleticism to uh, to the field. I think he is an upside player. Um, things that kept him from being up in that range for me, because I do think he has some of the athleticism and the skills to belong there. Um, honestly, I, I felt like I saw like effort issues. Like it felt like he was playing against this lower of comp lower level of competition and he did pop. Like you could tell he was one of the best players on the field um against that level of competition. But there were times to me where it just looked like he, he just got lazy with it, like basically lazy with how 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 he was running. Um like, you know, he'd take contact and his feet would stop moving, um, and he you know, he'd go down. And to me, it almost felt like he he expected um Himself to be so far above the competition that he was playing against that he just got lazy with some things um i think i'm curious to see him against a higher level of competition it's a big jump it's going to be a big adjustment for him i'm not saying he can't um but it, it makes me jump makes me nervous for a guy like pierre strong
0: yeah that's fair owen you've got him at rb11
2: yeah, so I, I, when you were reading off your evaluation, I was checking my personal one as well, and everything you said matches what I have written down. It's just how I valued it and how I gave him less benefit of the doubt because of lower competition. So with your receiving, with what you say about him in the receiving game, we'll start there. He does have natural hands. He is good. I just think he could have been used a little better in that offense, and I feel like especially because of how good his hands were and how good he was as a transitioning from runner to receiver or from receiver to runner. I feel like they could have used him better in that scheme. I am not going to knock him for that specifically. It's just that he's unproven at that point for me with uh, what he's able to handle. Uh, you were the athleticism. Yes. It sh- uh, yes. He should be better athlete than everybody else at that level of competition, but he came out of the combine and showed that, yeah, that athleticism is translatable. But uh, I think my biggest I I like his vision. I know sometimes he may have those issues where he might just want one. If when he wants to get the yard, he'll just won't even look for it. So even if there's like an open hole, that would have got him even more yards. As long as he gets that yard, he doesn't care if he runs into his own lineman kind of thing. So I, I took a little bit off for that, but nothing too much. Um, my favorite thing about him, and the the word I would like, like if you did a word association with the draft, and you said name, uh, you gave me the word smooth or silky. That's immediately what I think when I think Pierre Strong. Like when he's going full speed, and there's a guy coming at him from like an angle, he can change up his direction and go straight, like 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 weave in and out of uh, players at full speed so smoothly that it, that's why I my favorite part of his game was. I just felt like that while he was going full full speed, he wasn't able to really even handle the contact balance if he was hit. And I feel like that his his stop and start, juking and things like that, weren't as good as that full speed kind of maneuvering. So I feel like there's more there are more elusive backs in this class than he is. I just think he's the most elusive at full speed when it comes to running downfield.
0: I, yeah, definitely agree with you. It seems like we're all, we all value them the same. It just kind of comes down to where you value certain things. And uh, I definitely... You know, I see what you are saying. the open field. Yeah, when, when he's in the open field and he doesn't have that head of steam, it doesn't really show that elusiveness. And like you said, it doesn't really show the context balance or the breaking tackles. So um, those definitely are negatives of him. But I'm sort of betting on that, you know, what you see with that weaving speed and natural hands. Uh, if he can get into the right situation, I think he could put up uh, really good numbers at the next level. So those are... Thoughts on Pierre Strong out of South, South Dakota State. Uh, number eight, we're coming down to the bottom of the list here. Still another few running backs that have gotten a lot of chatter. Uh, and a guy who picked up a lot of chatter after the senior bowl is our number eight running back, Damian Pierce. Uh, he's a bigger back, definitely one of the bigger, beefier backs in this class. Comes in at 5'10", 220. He's pretty dense. Um and I know he he got a lot of accolades at the Senior Bowl for his pass blocking ability. Um, Dan, you've got him at RB seven. Uh, what are your thoughts on Damian Pierce out of Florida?
1: My thoughts are that he is just so much fun to watch run. Uh, he just runs. He runs mad. He runs angry. Oh, yeah. He runs physical. Like he's a guy that's seeking contact. And truthfully, this ranking um, up at seven. I don't even know if this is based on how good I expect him to be in the NFL. This is this is a ranking of he's just I love this style of running back. Um I, I love the aggressiveness, the contact balance. Um I think his vision's good. Uh he's not a fantastic athlete. Um uh, uh, uh I don't know if you were there. recall uh, Riley, one of our friends actually said that he runs like he has torn torn hamstrings. <laughs> 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 that's right <laughs> and, well i think you could see honestly i think you could see some of that and like he's not a great athlete he can he can burst through the hole decently and he's definitely not going to be busting you know 60 70 80 yarders but like he's a guy that's going to go out there and you're going to hand him the ball and he's going to run through people and he's going to pick up five six seven yards on a regular basis um he like just the running style, the contact balance, the physicality. There's some, to me, some special traits with uh, with Damian Pierce. Um, I think he is just capped by that athleticism.
2: All
0: right, Owen.
1: Yeah, so
2: I think yeah, like with helmet, without helmet, he's definitely going to be the most, uh, one of the most violent runners in this draft class. I think it was just again, I think his lack of being higher on people's boards is due to Florida not utilizing him well enough. At all. Uh, he was barely ever given the ball. I think he had like 100 yard rushes in both of the last two seasons for only like 500 yards. Uh, he does, for me, I think he brings something different that you don't really see with a lot of powerbacks versatility in the passing game. Like he was able to play at like the wing back. He played, he lined up like kind of in a tight end role sometimes and ran routes from there. He was used in like the motion, like uh, how Kyle Juszczyk is used in like the 49ers offense, where like he leaks out into the flat off of hard play action kind of thing. So I think that. For someone with his size, the fact that he can catch the ball and then turn field and bring that physicality after, uh, you know, after being a receiver, not just having to get the full head of steam from being getting the ball right away off the handoff, I think that's kind of sp- that's special. I'm not the biggest fan of his athleticism, and his downfield speed. Uh, I never heard the the torn hamstrings quote, but that's <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I think he's not going to be you know, juke your shoes, juke you out of your shoes kind of guy, but he's definitely going to run you over. Uh, I just think that if Florida used them better. And use them more often. We probably would be able to talk to him, talk to him as like maybe a top five back with the power and um, receiving just natural receiving ability he did bring when he was able to show it off. But I think the fact that he wasn't allowed to show it off makes him like more of a sleeper than other people uh, back that's going to be in these top 10 kind of things.
0: Yeah, I've got him at RB9, and I'll echo a lot of what you guys said. I mean, the thing you like with him, like, I don't know, Dan kind of ragged on strong for maybe effort. Uh, you're not going to have to worry about that with Damian Pierce. You know what you're getting. Uh, high effort guy. He's a bulldog in pass protection, which is great. He's going to have that role. Um, really good contact balance and burst. Uh, can show good vision and yeah he was underutilized it was really annoying I cut up a lot of those games of Damian Pierce and it was just frustrating you know I'd see him rip off like an eight nine ten yard run every time and I then I wouldn't see him on the field for half a quarter so very frustrating usage but maybe that also means you know he's gonna have a little more tread on the tire going into the next level um my issues with him yeah he's slow like lateral quickness like if he would try to run to the edge like if you ever watched Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce back to back, it would just be brutal because Kenneth Walker can just do whatever he wants, run outside. If Damian Pierce tries to get to the edge, like he's just getting sandwiched. Uh, there's no chance. And, you know, he's, he's sort of a one gear guy. I think he's another one kind of like Brian Robinson, where you know the kind of role you're going to get with him. Um, and, you know, he doesn't, doesn't have great athleticism. I mean, it, I think he tested about what you would expect, ran a four or five, nine, Again, it's not like a death now, but he is what he is. And I guess for different evaluations for different people, I'd rather take a guy like Pierre Strong that showed a little more upside, in my opinion, than a Damian Pierce. But you know, like, Pierre Strong can maybe just never do anything in the NFL. He could be like a Trey Sermon. I think Damian – but you could have a lot more upside, in my opinion. But a Damian Pierce, like, you know he's going to have a role because a high-effort player – He's good in pass bro and he's just he's that kind of a player so it's interesting when it's running evaluating running backs is always an interesting one and uh where we have damian pierce you know we're kind of in the same area but um that's that's kind of what we're looking at with these these guys down here at uh, 8 9 10 area all right on to running back number nine and another one i guess i was the highest on still not crazy high but we got a georgia running back and which one is it drum roll please zamir white uh they had two running backs in that backfield that put up numbers and zamir white uh comes out at number nine in our ranking so uh again he's a he's a fourth year player he's a little older um and he's got two torn acls on his resume which is never what you want um and he's a player honestly i was really low on for a while Um, had a really good combine. I went back and watched tape, and I bumped him up a bit. I mean, he ran what? He ran a four four. Uh, what did he run? Uh, where is he? Four four. Yeah. So
1: flat, right? Four four zero.
0: Yeah, four four flat. That's what I have in here. So that blew me away because I felt like I didn't really see him. Like he just didn't bust off big runs in that offense. Like he could churn them out, uh, but I didn't see that long speed. So I had to go back and watch, and I still don't really see a ton of it. But um, he's got really good burst, which is one of those things. And as a pure runner, he's like a really instinctive runner. He's got good vision. Um, and, you know, he puts his foot in the ground. He cuts up field, and he he's, he runs with physicality. So he's another one of these guys who will have a role as a two-down thumper, I think. And if he actually has that 4-4 four, four speed, that elevates his upside. So that's kind of why I moved him up a little bit. Receiving game doesn't do a whole lot. The two torn ACLs in the past doesn't really help. So that hampers him a little bit. It makes me a little worried about Zamir White. But as a prospect, I think he's all right. I know there's people that really like him, and I'm the highest out of us, but I just think he's a, a solid player, but um I maybe I don't know, that's that's sort of where I am with at uh, Zamir White. Damn, you've got him at r b eight, so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, uh, so Zmir White is kind of the prototype for uh, a running back that I think there are a lot of in this draft, and that Mm. is big man, run fast in straight line. (laughs) Um, I I think there's uh, several, like quite a few running backs that kind of fit that mold in this class, uh, and I think he's kind of the best of them because he runs the fastest in a straight line. Um, (laughs) But that's honestly about what he that's about what I can say for him. Um he's a solid back. Um kind of again, no nonsense. He breaks tackles, had some decent burst. Um I don't see a lot of creativity uh in his running. It's kind of like the holes there. I'm going to run through it, um which can be a good thing and I've said good things about that kind of back before, but I don't see a lot outside of that. If there's not a hole there, I don't see him doing much. Um very tight-hipped. Um, he's not super elusive. Uh, it truly is to me just like he's gonna hit the holes. gonna run forward. He's gonna run forward pretty fast with that four-four speed, um, which I don't think you see that four-four speed on tape. But Mm-mm. he's got some decent burst and agility. Um, to me, this is a two-down player. You hand the ball and he'll grind out some yards for you. Um, he's a solid player. All
0: right, Owen. You've actually yeah. got him at RB13, so you're quite a bit lower.
1: Yeah,
2: so I have him RB13, not due to lack of talent, but more just, like, cause like, he has the 4-4 speed. I think he has some good... Uh, his footwork and his movement skills while he's within the box, like if he's following his blocks within the box, he's got some pretty good, pretty good footwork. He can, you know, weave in and out of these kind of smaller gaps in there, and he's can burst out once he gets like open space. He can kind of burst up and try to get to that top speed uh, in a pretty short distance. But I think that as a player who brings third down option, a third down ability, I'm not the biggest fan of him there. Uh, I think that, yeah, like, his down – the full four, 4 speed does not show up on on film all that often. Like, he has a couple uh, big plays, but, like, outside of that, I don't think he's a guy. You look at him, like, wow, he's a burner. And I think that I I just really valued the the durability. I have, I have a uh, – part of my great evaluation is durability, and just he has those 220 ACLs. Like, yeah, he has – that has caused him not to have as much wearing tear on him uh, touches-wise – Uh, as other backs in his class, especially ones who run that power style. But those are two major injuries within four years. We've seen how guys like Todd Gurley, who came out of Georgia, uh, who had those knee injuries, they just become degenerative. And it's like a guy who wins the way that uh, Zemir White wins. I don't think that consistent injuries is going to be really good for his game, his longevity, especially with the role he wants. There, He's going to have to play with his lack of third-down ability.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of looking at it here, and I, the more I think about it, it's like he lacks like a defining trait. Like I guess out of these guys, it's like yeah, he's he's fast. And honestly, now I'm feeling like I'm a little lower on Zamir White than I have him in my rankings because you look at guys like Damian Pierce and Brian Robinson, and they they have sort of those defining traits. Like Damian, Damian Pierce is going to be a dog in pass protection. He's going to be that kind of guy and uh, Brian Robinson, he's going to thump over guys. He's going to pick up those yards and Zamir white. It's like pretty much just have to bank on his speed uh, translating to the next level. And when you factor in the injuries and sort of the lack of receiving chops it it's making me, you know, put him. makes me feel like where I had him before the combine sort of it's uh, so maybe that's where it should be. All right. On to our last running back we're ranking here, number 10, and it's Samir's white counterpart in the backfield, James Cook. So obviously gets the accolade of being Dalvin Cook's younger brother. Um, He comes in much much smaller than uh, Dalvin. He's 5'11", 200, so kind of lacking a little bit of that size, but he has great speed, and he's a really good receiver. Uh, but... It seems like maybe we're a little lower on him than consensus. Uh, I guess I'm the highest, so I'll lead off. I've got him at running back eight, and I'm really not that. I'm really not a James Cook guy, but the things he does well is like he's fast, he can catch passes, like he can line up outside. We saw him run goes and just beat corners or whoever's defending him. So he's got that receiving ability, he's got that speed. Um, I just he's not going to be, he's not a threw down guy ever. I think he's more of like a gadget running back uh, sort of versatile piece. Uh, He doesn't run with much patience and there's really no physicality in his game at all. So you're pretty much just relying on him. Like, you know, he's got the quickness and the speed, but he needs those holes to be there. Um, So I think like with some of these guys, like I think as a receiver, he's one of the best in the class. And I think there's a role for him for sure. I just question, how that's going to translate to fantasy success, and if he's going to be able to really take over any major role in an offense. Um, so, he's my running back eight. Dan, you've got him at RB 14.
1: Yeah, again, I see him pretty much the same way that you do. I just, I just don't see. I see some people having him like up in their like top fives uh, for running backs, and I just. they gotta just be thirsting for explosiveness in a running back class that kind of lacks it. Um, But then we say that and then his counterpart Zamir white actually runs faster than him him at the combine, which doesn't show up on film. Don't get me wrong, but it's still kind of funny to see that. Um, I think he's again, I think we're kind of overselling the explosiveness and athleticism and that kind of stuff, just because um, this draft class is kind of lacking that at running back. Um, and like you said, there's just the play strength is just it's just not there. Like, this is not a guy I want to be handing the ball off to more than maybe a half dozen times a game. Um, he he will have that passing down role, and I think he can earn that. But even then, I have concerns about just the play strength and physicality that he brings to the field. Um, like even in the passing game, like you still need some of that, especially if you're going to be pa- catching passes behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I just I have some concerns about how he's going to hold up and where that play sa- strength is going to stack up in the NFL.
2: Sure, Owen. Yeah, so I I kind of I was hoping I wasn't the only one who who brought this up, but like I think that because he's Dalvin's brother and because uh he was playing against yeah, Samir White, doesn't play as fast as he ran on the film, that I think we're overvaluing his uh, athleticism. Like like he's fast. Like, he's definitely fast, but I think he has that lack of, like, a final gear when he gets in the open space. Like, he'll get upfield, and he'll be fast, but I think, like, there's just one, like, if you if he could just turn it up just a little bit more once he gets, to like, on the outside. Like, he has that—he can get out there, and he can outrun, like, linebackers and things like that, but I feel like he just doesn't have, like, that elite-level athleticism, but just compared to everybody else in his class, it looks elite, even though he didn't run that well. Uh, I think when you're playing with Samir White, you have to be the guy who's gonna be the one who's gonna pick up the outside runs and the passing game. So I feel like he just was never asked to be the inside guy, and I feel like that's why he developed the way he did. I feel like if he was more if he was asked and tasked to be a more inside guy earlier in his career, he might have been able to develop those like mental uh, you know mental ideas of running through the and finding holes and running through the inside and running through the interior. So a team might be able to coach him up with that way just because he wasn't asked to be coached that way in the, uh, in the NCAA. But for right now, when your initial impact at, uh, for him when he gets in the league is going to be scat back, third down kind of guy who hits the outside kind of runs who won't be asked to be the power dude. Um, maybe, add a, maybe add a little weight on because of uh, how smaller he is, how little he likes to contact. But I think that he he's definitely got a role as a third down back and then there's going to be a ceiling on that if he can't figure out how to read the inside blocking.
0: Yeah, all fair points. Like, I'm the highest on him, but I'm still, yeah, I have the same issues with him as you guys. So uh, definitely a guy that feels like we're a little lower on the consensus, but that's how it goes. Um, Speaking of one guy that we're lower on consensus on, uh, I didn't mention we were going to do this, fellas, but there's one player uh, who we're all pretty low on that a lot of people seem are at least ranking their top tens for sure. Um, in Brugler's mock, he was the fourth running back off the board and that is Tyler Algier out of BYU. So this is a guy who's sort of been like talked about as one of the in that five to 10 range for running backs. And Brugler, like I said, had him as the fourth one off, but I'm the highest on Tyler Algier Algier at running back 13. Dan's got him at 17 and Owen's got him at 16. So This is apparently the Tyler Algier haters club. Um, And I mean, obviously nothing against the guy, but I'm okay with that because I think there's issues with his game. We can talk. I mean, there was a tweet that was like uh, Tyler Algier is Zach Moss with four, four speed. And that was before the combine. And a lot of people were saying, he's going to have like, Oh, this guy's got crazy speed. He's going to run in the low four, fours and then goes out and run a four, six. So he's literally just Zach Moss. like, Sure. he He's a tough runner. That's one of his trademarks. Like he's, he's got a devastating truck stick, physical guy. He's got natural hands and he can be physical and pass protection, but just in terms of quickness, it's not good. Speed isn't good. He had some fumbling issues and watching, uh, I watched some of the all 22 in the dynasty nerds film room and it really showed like his vision, at least from what I saw, like he missed a lot of holes and I know he started his career as a linebacker. So Maybe that's still something he needs to work on to get better, but I don't know. You're looking at a guy who, you know, 22 years old, still a little younger, maybe room to develop, but I'm just not really, unless he goes to a really tasty landing spot, he's not going to land on many of my teams um, in fantasy. What about you, Dan?
1: I will never under I just don't see it. I'll never understand what the people who like Tyler Algiers see. I, he's like you said he's honestly i like zach moss better if i'm being honest so like same i just i don't see it like to me he's i made the kind of talk about the big man run fast and straight line and that's Kyler kind of tyler algiers mo but he's not fast so he just is a big guy that runs in a straight line there's no elusiveness there's no flex. he's super stiff runner um super upright runner yeah, he runs with some physicality, but I just – I don't know what you hang your hat on with with Tyler Algier personally. I just don't see translatable skills that I see leading to success in the NFL. Owen? Yeah, so especially with how – because the
2: power aspect of his game is what everyone kind of pointed to originally before – it was like, oh, he can run with power. Also, he's fast. Well, he wasn't really that fast. And the the power I I saw a lot when it came to one on one scenarios where he wanted to truck stick guys and go out there and be that be that physical, physical guy in one on one scenarios. But I think for overall his power, to like to move a pile and things like that, I was kind of underwhelmed with it. Uh, I liked his vision and patience a little more than Caleb did. Uh, I felt like that he was able to he he sat back there and will be able to understand like okay I need to get this many yards and this is how the concept like he was think he's definitely thinking about how the play would be ran. I think that's why he missed some of the holes that he was talking about was because I don't think he's so he's very creative or well versed as a running back. Yeah, it's not natural after the position switch. I think as he gets more reps, he may become more natural with it. But I think as somebody who was hyped up as like oh this great size speed kind of guy. I didn't like his speed on film. I didn't particularly like how his size translated to inside power um, concepts, so like a team like, like the, like I guess, how the Rangers used to be and how the like, Patriots like that. These guys who were power, power backs who will go in there and hit the hole and move, like, three dudes by falling forward. I don't think that's his game, really. I think it's his game is more go out to the – get out into open field to, you know, truck one guy, but then after that really just get caught up and gang tackle for, like, a gain gang of six yards – with like, cause I don't, I, mean, I didn't really see the burst or anything. I didn't really see him contributing as a receiver much either.
0: Yeah. So fade Taylor, Taylor Algier. Oh, I can't even. Say. Fade Tyler Algier. That's that's how we cap it off. Get the hashtag going. Um. All right. Last part here. We got sleepers, and Owen. Like I prefaced earlier, he's got some guys on his board that are way higher than us. Um, one player that I mean, there's one that we don't, I don't have graded yet. Uh, that we need to go and watch. Dan does as well. And one player um, that we have way lower that maybe we need to go back and watch too. So you're going to you're, you're gonna be able to make your case here, but uh, very against the grain. Uh, Owens, RB4. Hassan Haskins, running back out of Michigan. Um, I think, let's see, he came in at 6'2", 230. So he's huge. A big running back. Uh, just a bulldozer of a running back and i'm just interested to hear your piece on hassan haskins
1: where are you from yeah. oh i'm from michigan? buffalo oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: michigan that, would, that I, I, I wish i was i do have a lot of michigan players rated pretty highly in this class so I, I can see why people would would assume that uh no yeah so for so this is my piece on haskins is i was watching him and he was i had been watching a bunch of like these lower tier backs like, I believe I, w- I had watched him following watching, like, uh... I was watching Zonovan Knight and then Keontae Ingram earlier in the day. And then I got the Haskins and I was like, well, this is, this was, it just, it just, I just felt different watching it. Cause like, okay. And I went back and rewatched every single film I watched two or three times over. because I was like, okay, what am I feel What am I seeing here? What am I understanding that? Like, I understand that. Cause like when I went back and looked at other people who I read or uh, listen to and things like that, none of them are very high on him either. So I was like, well, let's just see what, uh, what I can glean, and what I can actually put into writing as why I think he's better than mo- what most people give him credit for. Uh, let's start out with the size that you were talking about. Yeah, he's 6'2", 230. I think he plays – like, he doesn't play with that power between the t- – like, he doesn't move the p- pile like we were talking about the or some couple of the other guys who – they're bigger backs, but they can't really move the pile or drive it, like, um, like in a short yard situation. So I wasn't a big fan of that. But I think he does seek out the contact. I think he likes the uh, the contact. He does. He's not afraid to engage guys in the hole. Um, he's not going to be a guy – when he's in the open field, he doesn't have the best elusiveness. But I think if you get him one-on-one with the guy, he's more likely to break a tackle or run a guy over instead of try to shake him. Which it, it yeah that's that's less valuable because maybe some, if you have those better tacklers in the NFL they'll be able to bring them down more consistently than these NCAA guys these NCAA corners but I think it's still better than having somebody who goes one on one with a corner and is trying to shake him and just gets hit from behind because he didn't he tried to make too many moves in the open field so I kind of liked this more aggressive mindset I felt that and what the big thing for me was and I, I have a comp that I want to hear your guys' opinion on I've I've done a, I've done a, a little bit of researching in this one. Uh, was that I liked his patience behind the line of scrimmage, and he really like followed his blocks pretty well in the, inside the inside the box. I didn't think he had like the fastest feet or anything, but he let them develop. He was I, I I felt like he was very he was very patient when I watched him, and I went back and looked, and I was watching for his receiving ability. And they didn't really utilize him all that much, but they did flex him out to like the slot and sometimes, and had him run some deeper routes out of the backfield. And I felt like with the way he was going in on the breaks, like he would do some stutter steps, and he would really excel the way he accelerated and decelerated into some of his breaks. I think really showed some of the potential he has if he was utilized better in the receiving game. So I went through when I looked up the measurables of this of this one guy because when I watched him play, it gave me these kind of vibes, and I just wanted to get. Uh, Hear you guys' opinion of it because this is going to be kind of a hot takey. It's already right, more hot taking. It's already been. Uh, I kind of t- I, I tweeted about this a little bit, but I think that he comps like his high end comp. Like he's he could bust out, and I'd be would be surprised with it. It's, it's kind of similar to how most of these guys are. Once you get out of like the top three, but when it comes to him, I think his high end comp could be like a Lev Bell kind of player because he they both came in around six one six two two thirty. They ran. Uh, with weight, I'm, I'm looking at his, uh, his mock draftable right now. And he ran a, I don't think he ran a, tw- a 40 yard dash, but LeBell bell wasn't ever the fastest or the burnt most burner of a guy. He ran a four, six at his combine. They're the same height, same weight. They have the, um, similar bench press reps. I think actually H- Haskins has more, uh, their broad jump and their vertical leap are pretty similar. They have all like their measurables are almost identical. And like, I, like I said, I think he plays with his good patience, that you saw with like when Lev was playing behind that really good Pittsburgh Steelers off the line, he let that he let that develop in front of him, and he played with that power. Like when he took he took the holes he got, and then he, when he took he would go in there and power through it whenever he couldn't really get uh, any more than he than, than they were giving him. So and I didn't think he was the most slippery guy. I feel like maybe he was a little more slippery than Haskins was, and I think that he was a good. He's a better receiver than Haskins is right now. But I think if a team gets his hands on Haskins who really wants to implement him in their passing game, he could get to that level one day
1: wow
0: yeah that is a lot that is I feel like I need to go back and watch Haskins now the bell comp I mean coming out of college I mean the measures measurables are all sort of similar um we'll see if if Haskins might slim down a little bit I mean with Haskins I just it didn't really pop off the screen to me at all when I was watching I was sort of in the same boat where I'm watching all these guys at the bottom and just becomes a slog and I didn't really feel any different about that with Hassan Haskins. I mean, uh, obviously a hard runner and he's a little more agile than I expected, but I didn't, I mean, I wish he would have ran a 40 so I could have got a good measurement on him, but I didn't think he was all that crazy in that department. But, um, yeah, I mean, he sort of fits into that tier or, I mean, that conversation with like you know, Brian Robinson and Damien Pierce, where he can have that role at the next level. Um, I'll go back and watch and see if I can move him up a little bit because I'm, I currently I have him at uh, RB21, probably deserves a rewatch. But, um, yeah, I just didn't really see much, and there hasn't been much chatter of him. But I applaud you uh, sticking up for a guy like that.
1: I didn't think he, you know, just seeing how as how big he is, uh, his his measurables, like I guess I did, I expected more from like a power perspective with Hassan Haskins. I do get your point with the movement skills. He does have some... His feet are okay for a guy that size, and I think, honestly, he could be well-served by going that Le'Veon Bell route and losing, like, 15, 20 pounds when he gets into the league. Um, as it says, the reason he's so low for me is just I didn't think I saw NFL-caliber athleticism. Well, who knows? I, I I get your comparison with the, some of the skill sets and some of the movement skills, um, but I think the athleticism is just in a different tier um, maybe if he loses some of those pounds, maybe you see see him get somewhere closer to that level. But I just didn't see uh, that caliber of athleticism.
2: Yeah, and I get that, which is why, like when I was going through this log, I didn't usually when you're going through all these guys who are not like the best. You usually try to look for just traits like athletically wise. And Haskins isn't that guy. He's not going to be the guy who pops off the screen with high end athleticism. But I feel when – because like I said, when uh, Bell was at the combine, he ran a 4.6 because he was 2.30. And once he lo- started shedding weight, he he was asked to shed that weight and he was came into the Steelers and he was a lot lighter and he was able to run better. So we've seen that in the past with guys like that. And I think that's why I didn't immediately understand why I thought he was a much better player than the, some of the guys I was getting at because it was more of you have to sit there and watch him be like, okay, what is he doing uh, following his blocks behind the line of scrimmage kind of thing? Because when he gets in the open field, yeah, it's not – it's not like he's going to pop off the screen. He's going to blend in with the, with the mass it's the more, the the subtle things that you can look at and be like, okay, somebody his size who's able to run with this kind of patience and has that bit of wiggle in him, I, and it could be a potential breakout with a receiving wise. I feel like that just kind of spoke to me. And I really saw that when it came to the film. Yeah.
0: That's uh, it's going to be a guy worth targeting. I mean, if you got a late fourth, I mean, I I've never really seen him being taken anywhere in rookie drafts. So <laughs> Pretty much he, you can get him for free. You might be able to get him if you got like the fifth round compensatory. Or uh, I think the big thing for him is going to be where he gets drafted in the NFL. We'll see where the NFL thinks of him. Um, if he goes, you know, round four or five, I mean, that'd be pretty solid for him. So, and if he does, can go that route. Uh, definitely interesting, Hassan Haskins. And you've got one more player here. Um, me and Dan don't have a grade on this guy. I've, I've caught a little bit of him. Ty Chandler out of North Carolina. You've got him at running back number five. I've, some pe- I've seen some people hyping this guy up uh, at least a little more. I know he was at Tennessee for a bit, uh, sort of a shifty guy. What are your thoughts on uh, Ty Chandler? Yeah.
2: So with with Ty, I, I, he was another one of those guys. It was I think it was literally the next day after I had gotten Haskins, and I was I, I, as soon as I started raking him, I was like, oh, this is kind of this is this is going to be kind of a point of contention here because I kept ranking these guys and I didn't see a lot of people ranking him as high as I did. He's the same like height, weight build as a guy like Rashad White, but I think he carries uh, the 210 a lot better or the like 200, 210 kind of weight class. He's there. He has like, um he plays, he's a more thicker build. I think he plays not with the best contact balance and power, but I think a little bit better than what Rashad White was able to do. He's not the receiver White was, but I think that was a, he's a better overall runner uh, as a, as a pure running back than he is, he's very, uh, he's very shifty. He likes when he, when he's able to get, uh, the ball in like an inside zone scheme, he can make some like two, three good cuts and be down the sideline. He has like four, three, eight speed. Um, he's got, he's, he's not going to get, like I say, he's not going to blow you with power or like with straight up, um, like elusive elusiveness in the open field. But I think as a guy who just is, a you know, can read the can read his blocking and then use his feet to kind of stutter step through them and finally once he gets once he gets clear of the mess, burst through it and get downfield while still having some of that you know better body composition and the ability to improve as a receiver as the time comes time goes on because he has that kind of speed and um, he's he's obviously a smart player with the way he watches the film and he's able to despite uh, not having a lot of carries when he was at Tennessee, come into North Carolina and really understand the blocking schemes and come in and have a great season. So he brings that athleticism, the high athleticism that a lot of backs in this class are really lacking, uh, while also combining that with some good vision and being the ability to make these smart cuts to get him into a spot where he can use that high athleticism to really make big plays.
0: All right, like I said, we didn't really have grades on him. I just caught some glimpses. The only note I really have, uh, it's not a good one, he turns 24 next month. Yeah. Uh, so that is ancient in running back years i know we like to make fun of guys you know like Najee, who are like 23 and stuff but uh that's that's an old running back but another one if you're i mean another i've seen him go a little bit in the fourth and a few rookie mocks so i think the nfl draft will probably help us clear that up and a guy to go check out i'm i feel bad that i haven't looked at him yet uh, as closely all right um damn we'll hop over to your sleeper who you got
1: yeah so Uh, You brought up the older prospect thing, and I got another one for you. Uh, Zaquandre White, Um, he's a red senior, once again, an older prospect. Um, He's not a good running back. (laughs) He's he's horrible in pass protection. Uh, He's old, so I don't expect to see those things get much better. Um, there's a 99% chance that this man is absolutely nothing in the NFL might go undrafted that said <laughs> uh, just glowing reviews I know right yeah, that said the reason I need just feel the need to bring him up is because of the athleticism that he shows on the football field man has absolutely no idea what he's doing he, he's like a deer on crack <laughs> on <the field>. Okay, <laughs> but like I just I, the, the things that you see him do he he's a big he's a pretty big back um he's extremely fast he's got great explosiveness he just moves in way honestly like he reminds me of like watching Kadarius Tony last year where you just watch him do things and you're like people aren't supposed to be able to do that and like you wonder how he still has all of his ACLs and stuff. Uh, He just makes those kind of cuts and changes direction at just like those outrageous angles that just you don't understand. Um, He's like the the physical skills that he shows on the football field make me feel like he is something. But then you look at the fact that he's like almost 24 years old uh, and he's just like not good at the little things that go into playing the position. And it makes me sad. Because the physical skills that I see are just like on another level, and I just wish he was good at football. I I and can't I just had to bring him up.
0: I can't wait to use that deer on crack as clickbait for this episode. Like that is an <laughs> incredible comp. Um. Oh,
2: and I'm guessing you're probably
0: echoing most of that as well.
2: Yeah, I I think. I think his I, – I definitely like his short area, like his quickness and his uh, his ability to make guys miss in open field. Like that's – like like he's saying, like he's able to just change directions and really like – think he'd be tearing his own ACLs instead of tearing other guys' ACLs when he's cutting in front of them. But for some reason, some reason he's able to just – these freaky kind of athletic uh, moves. But yeah, like as, as a running back, it's not like great. He had a, some fumbling issues earlier in his career. He's not. He's he's not. It's not like he hasn't played a lot of football. Like he's played in games a lot. He's twenty. He's gonna be twenty four. He's not like he was like injured all the time and he barely ever saw the field. He had time. I I just think he's less. He's a slower developing player that you'll take a flyer on like late round seven maybe UDFA to like see like oh can we like tame this wild beast into like actual football player in the year or two we're gonna have before he starts declining physically or. But at that point, it's probably better off to just let him let the next team take him.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you haven't had a chance to watch the Quandre, right, go check him out. It's just it's something else. He just runs like an absolute madman, uh, like his hair is on fire and like he's a deer on crack. And uh, it's just <laughs> fun. It's not good, but it's fun. So
1: uh, a highlight think... film, not a game tape.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would probably be the better call. Um, I think, I guess we're all sort of rooting for Zaquande right white to figure it out. We don't know if it'll happen. He might go undrafted, but a name to to remember nonetheless, um, my sleeper that I'm going with is a Baylor running back and it is Treston Ebner. Um, didn't talk about Abram Smith on this pod. We're all pretty low on him. He is what he is. I feel like you can go check him out if you want, but, I don't think there's much there in terms of fantasy upside, but his counterpart is very intriguing to me. Um, was used more as a pass catcher in the Baylor offense. Uh, what did he come in as? He was 5'11", 205. So maybe a little on the lighter side, but ran a 4.43, And I just love the versatility with Tristan Ebner. He just missed out on my top 10 running backs, and he was number 11 you. Um, I mean he had touchdowns as a kick returner was a good pump returner um, really good as a receiver route running can catch the ball a- as a runner he's sort of got issues like he's not a very natural runner he wasn't very productive Abram Abram Smith really outproduced him, and really just like to like bounce it off outside and use his speed I don't know how well that's going to project to the next level but He's a special teams ace. He's a good receiver. He's quick. He's got good speed. He bounces off defenders at times. I think there's enough there for me where I'm interested to see where he goes, but I think he's a guy that could carve out some sort of a role at the next level and is a a name to look at.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I think uh, versatility is kind of the calling card for Ebner. Um, You know, not an elite athlete, but like you said, he's he's that kind of guy that, honestly, I'd be glad to see uh my nfl team take i don't know if he'll see any of my fantasy rosters but like he's going to stick as like that second or third running back on an nfl team he's going to see those special team snaps um he's just going to be come out be that versatile player for you to kind of fill out an nfl roster um i think there's something there as a runner it's not like there's no upside um but i mean versatile player he will definitely i think he'll stick on an nfl roster
2: yeah so versatility is definitely
1: key with him I think like a
2: player he kind of reminds me of was like Matt Breida for the at the NFL level where he's kind of the guy especially because he played for my 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 bills this past season where we didn't really have that outside hitter kind of guy because we had as previously mentioned Zach Moss and things like that where you give him on these sweeps or like these outside handoffs where like you know that he's not gonna be able to like be the inside grinder and I think he would just—he'll ma- be able to make those big plays. He'll definitely uh, be able to return some kicks, at the NFL level. Uh, he'll be—he re- can be a receiver, a uh, big receiving threat for you, especially like if you want to split him out wide. Uh, I think—I'm pretty sure it was—I was watching Abram Smith, and then I was watching, and I was like, oh, this is this isn't that great. And I, every time I was watching him though on these cut-ups, I would always see Treston Ebner get a handoff like behind Abram Smith, or they just be the 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 pace back where he'd come in and just change a change a pace back. And I, I messaged Caleb, and I was like, do you know who Treston Ebner even is? Because, like, no one talks about him. He's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm like, he's yeah, you a, put me on to him. <laughs> he's that other guy at Baylor that everyone is just, like, kind of ignoring the fact that he's the one that makes the big plays, and Abram Smith just runs it in from the four-yard line. So, I mean, I, I, like, I like Ebner as, like, this change of pace kind of – you bring him in. If you have, like, a two-back system where, like, say you have a bigger back – like an Abram Smith who would be on your roster, who could be like maybe even a lead blocker for him. And you just want him to be out there to always have the presence of a threat to the outside against a team. And then also be, if you don't want him as a runner all the time, you can flex him out to receiver. I think he'll have a role in the NFL team. He also is a bit older. He's going to be, he's 23 right now. He's a fifth year senior. So, uh, it's for, for backs that rely on their athleticism to really succeed at the next level, they kind of age faster. Uh, but I think that for a good couple, like good three, four seasons, you'll be able to get Prime Ebner. Uh, so I think he, he should be able to go out there and be a contributor, uh, maybe not a lead back, maybe never a lead back, but definitely a contributor for a team.
0: All righty. Well, that wraps up the running back episode for us. Um, there's still some names out there we could touch on, but we'd have to spend, you know, like a three hour pod. Uh, maybe if there's good draft capital for some of these guys, we can touch them, touch on them at a later point. Uh, some notable names, maybe Deshaun Corbin, Devonte Price, Tyler Beatty. I know people like a decent amount. We're a little lower on Jerome Ford, Keontae Ingram, Ingrams, Adam and Knight, Kennedy Brooks, Kevin Harris. Like there's a lot of names out there, but. It, you get to the point where you you know a lot of these guys aren't gonna do anything at the next level so you got to pick what you want but uh we'll see where draft capital lands out on some of these guys and maybe we'll, we'll have a chance to talk about them but I want to thank both of you for coming on I think you both had some uh great insight I was glad to have Dan on again and Owen for the first time uh Dan any final thoughts for you
1: yeah I mean this is a poopy running back class um, <laughs> Like, most of these guys that we've been talking about, honestly, as our sleepers isn't even kind of the bottom end of our top 10 here. Like, I just, I don't love this running back class. I like the two, honestly, I like the two guys at the top. I think there's a few guys with some, maybe some starter potential. And then I think you got a lot of guys with a lot of question marks or um, pretty clear kind of skill ceilings. So, I mean, some, I, I like the style that you see out of some of them. I like some of these backs, but I think I think we got to temper some expectations. I expect to see kind of similar draft capital type stuff that we did last year, uh, where you saw a couple backs go early, and then you saw you know some guys people like like your Michael Carter's, your kind of Gainwells go later in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round. um I think we'll see a lot of these guys going in those those later spots. So. It'll be interesting to see the landing spots draft capital. Um, there's honestly not a ton of like great landing spots for a run for running backs in the league right now, from a fantasy perspective, it feels like. So I guess I'm not expecting this, this running back class to make a huge NFL impact. But,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Like probably should wrap up how we think about the entire class as a whole. And I think it's kind of being reflected in like those rookie drafts where you don't see many running backs being taken. And like you said, I, I don't think it's that great of a running back class. Like, even the top three guys, just my opinion with Hall, Walker, and Spiller, I mean, they're all ranking behind my top three of last year with Najee, Etienne, and Javante. So that's, you know, and that wasn't a very deep class either. I think this class has maybe even a little less depth. I mean, there's guys in there that I like that could, could you know, have a solid role at the next level, but there just isn't a crazy amount of upside. It's kind of those one two down thumpers and those those you know versatile backs there's only a few guys like maybe a rashad white or Pierre strong where i think there's a ton of upside so it's kind of where we're at with this running back class the the receiving cl- receiver class i think is really good uh the quarterback class is isn't great so maybe the 22 class as a whole is, is a little bit of a letdown what do you what do you think Colin?
2: So, I'm looking at it, so you, you can call it an electo, it's funny, because uh, everyone keeps calling this one, like, oh, it's not a great draft class, because everyone looks at it through, like, the skill push and stuff, so, like, if you look at it, through like, yes, the quarterbacks, and then this running back class, where the best thing I can say about the entirety of this class is, it's very scheme-specific, where, like, teams that have a certain scheme, or want a specific kind of back, are gonna be like, okay, there's some guys in here that I can take, and that would be fine with it, even if it's overdrafting them, because... There's nothing really, there's no real all around kind of guys. But yeah, so like the, it's not contributing to like that's sk- overall with the draft class. The skill positions are definitely lacking. I think as someone who watches all the defensive players and the offensive linemen, I think it's actually a pretty good class when it comes to that. But for skill positions and those skill position players outside of like wide receiver, especially running backs, uh, I think that exemplifies it the most is like there's maybe one to two guys that are going to be like maybe hit it big who had the ceiling while also being able to contribute on all three downs. Like, I could see Brees Hall as being that one guy who kind of, like, comes out and, like, outshines everybody else two or three years on the road when we look back at this class, like, oh, how, how, did, how does this class hold up? Like, we're going to look back and, like, oh, ah. That's, that's very, there's a lot of role players and not a lot of uh, starters. So I think there's maybe like two or three guys in this class that might be able to come out and look back fondly on, but yeah, like this and the quarterbacks are really pulling down the, uh, the skill position and the flash and pizzazz of the, of the draft to come this round this season.
0: And that is why you should always play IDP folks, get in on these edge defenders. It's a lot more fun and it boosts the value of those, you know, second round picks. Uh, if you can, you know, grab a guy. <laughs> Early second, late first, like an Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe Trayvon Walker. This chatter, I think it helps in class. Like, oh, yeah, we don't want to start talking about (laughs) you, but uh, I think it helps boost the value a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, Dan, I guess you probably don't have much you want to plug. You're sort of the silent assassin of the fantasy community, but I appreciate having you on, and uh, yeah. Oh yeah, play IDP. Hashtag get it get it trending. Um Owen, I'll let you plug your stuff because you're you're very active on here.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm so yeah, I run the Weekly Huddle Podcast, which is a podcast you can find on Spotify and other podcast kind of streaming sites, as well as I post them up on YouTube. Uh, along with that on YouTube I do other kind of fun things, whether it's the draft or it's football related, where uh, I I've the recently my recent episodes of the podcast have been just going through every single player I've scouted position by position uh, to I'm supposed to be recording tight ends tomorrow. And then going into address and like that hitting the defense side of the ball before the draft gets around here. Uh, I've done a couple NFL and NFL draft icebergs. Uh, I'm starting a series now where we're, uh, me and my friends just goof off and do uh, this NFL game show kind of thing. Uh, I do some more specific breakdowns of players on there. I do. I have a whole bunch of different kind of things I'm, I'm working on and get in the works for that channel. So I'm really active on there. Uh, Twitter is the weekly at the weekly huddle. Uh, if you if anybody wants to follow over there, and if you need a good contact, hit me up through there. Uh, same thing, Instagram the weekly huddle, and I think that's all of my social medias I have to plug. I just know I, the YouTube is definitely the the big one. I'm looking to I'm looking to expand on next uh, this this upcoming draft cycle for 2023. Yeah,
0: Owen puts out some sick content. I like a lot of your YouTube stuff. The Iceberg stuff is interesting. Definitely creative content and good breakdowns. So it's always a pleasure to have you on and help me out with stuff. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. A lot, of, uh, a lot of fun doing the running backs. Hopefully I can get the receiver episode out in time. NFL draft always comes up quick on you, and it's uh, right around the corner. So draft week, very exciting. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.